0: Welcome to the Joe Cohen Show. Join me as I share my experience with biohacking and invite top health experts to explore the latest technology, supplements, research, and resources for optimizing your body and brain. My body has successfully fought off over six infections in the past six months and I barely noticed any symptoms. Understanding how to effectively support all the components of my immune system is what helped me do that. And here's how you can do the same. I'm gonna be talking about the main components and how to prevent and fight illness. Here are some problems and questions that we'll cover in this episode. What are the components of the immune function? How can you tell when any of them are compromised and how do you support them all? With so much impacting immune function, it could be difficult to figure out what components need the most attention during and before illness. What is the difference between immune support to prevent illness and support during illness? and what should you focus on for each. Why prevention or building up the components of the immune function is the best approach rather than waiting until you're sick. I'm also gonna cover in this episode, what do you do when you do get sick? I'm gonna talk about some of the main components of the immune system so that we understand why certain recommendations are gonna help. So one of the main components of the immune system is the mitochondria. What is the mitochondria? In short, it's the powerhouses of the cells. It's the energy production factory of the cell. It creates ATP, it creates energy. Now, mitochondria is very important for immunity because the immune system takes up a lot of energy. And when your mitochondria are strong or they're well-functioning, then your body has a signal that it can basically use food that you take in and convert it into energy, into ATP. And then when you have enough ATP and energy, it can use that to create all kinds of different immune responses. And so when your body senses that your mitochondria are weak, it has to use these kind of backup systems that are way more damaging. Whereas if your mitochondria are strong, it can use the uh, resources, the energy that you have to work quite effectively at improving the immune system. So how do you tell if your mitochondria is strong? There's a couple ways. One of the most simple ways to tell if you have good mitochondria or not is do you feel tired all the time? Or do you get tired in the afternoon? Or do you get tired often? Fatigue could be a sign of, for example, iron deficiency, which is probably connected to the mitochondria, but mitochondria, if your mitochondria are producing a lot of energy, then you should feel awake. Basically, the hypothalamus is what determines if you're fatigued or not. The hypothalamus senses how much energy you have in the body via the mitochondria. And if your mitochondria are not producing these energy-related molecules, then your hypothalamus is gonna tell your body to be tired essentially. And so that's why how tired you are is one good example of how good your mitochondria is. Another is if you get sick often. When your body produces a lot of energy, it has a lot of spare capacity to produce various aspects of the immune system that can help prevent you getting sick. And so that's another way to tell if your mitochondria is poor. So if you're sick a lot, if you, When you do get sick, you get immobilized. And again, if you're sick, if you're producing enough energy, you probably won't feel the fatigue from uh, combating an infection. Whereas if you're not producing enough energy in the system, then when you get sick and your body's producing a lot of stuff for the immune system, all of a sudden that energy is being used up and you get tired and you feel like you need to go to sleep, you need to go to sleep early, you need to sleep more. And because your body's trying to get into hibernation mode. So how do you know if, you need, if your mitochondria are not working well, number one is how often you get sick. How do you feel when you get sick? If you're just completely immobilized and tired and you need to sleep all day, that's also a sign that you're, you don't have enough spare capacity of energy-related molecules. And again, how often you're tired. So if your mitochondria are, very, are working very well, you shouldn't get that afternoon dip. You're more likely to get that afternoon dip as you get older because the mitochondria gets worse as you get older. There's certain genetic predispositions that you could look out, specific genes like SOD2 and SOD3. These are some examples of genes that could be related to mitochondrial function and oxidative stress. One thing that's really important for mitochondria is the B vitamins. So pretty much all the B vitamins, and it depends on individuals which B vitamins they need more of. In my case, I needed almost all of them. So B1 is important for mitochondria, also known as thymine. B2 is important for mitochondria. And so, for example, if you have an MTHFR variation, you're going to need more B2. If you, for example, are stressed a lot, you're going to need more B1. And for example, people who are stressed a lot can often feel tired. Number one, when you're stressed, you use a lot of energy, right? And you're also using up a lot of B vitamins. And so anything that uses up a lot of B vitamins is going to slow the mitochondria down. And so you could take extra B vitamins, but as I was saying in my case, niacin was the most important B vitamin for me in terms of uh, mitochondria. My mitochondria, for some reason, need a lot of niacin. Now it is known that niacin is very important for mitochondrial function. I did take a test for mitochondrial function and it turned out that it was about the same time where I figured out that I needed more niacin from other tests and just from my own experiments. I realized, hey, wait a second, I also had this mitochondria test that showed me I needed more niacin. Now, your mitochondria could be different in different ways. My mitochondria seemed to be very strong in the muscles, which is why even though I was didn't have the best mitochondria, my VO2 max was very good because that was testing my mitochondria in my muscles. Now, the mitochondrial test that I took was testing the mitochondria in my immune cells. And so this is something that I figured I didn't realize there was that difference, meaning you could have great mitochondria in your muscles and I'm strong and I have a lot of muscles. But on the other hand, you could have poor mitochondria in the immune cells. And so my mitochondria is good in my muscle cells and it's poor in the immune cells, in which case I could look very muscular, but be tired. Now, I've been working on my mitochondria for a while. And so my mitochondria got way better, but there were certain ingredients that, when you improve your mitochondria, you also need more raw materials and mainly in the form of these B vitamins like niacin, B1. And so that's what I, I realized is that as I was stressing my body more, I actually needed more of these mitochondrial uh, coenzyme like the uh, niacin in order to make them work well in the immune system. So some of the main supplements for mitochondrial function uh, are niacin. There's some herbals as well. And there's B-complex. I would say that B-complex is number one, right? And I have this friend that always gets sick. He was getting sick like once a month for his whole life. And I said, look, I gave him a couple supplements. One, very few actually. And one of the main ones I told him is, look, you need a B-complex, right? So if you're getting sick often or if your mitochondria are not good, you need a very good quality B-complex. And that's the coenzymated forms of these B vitamins. And that's like a starting point And you also probably need to take niacin separately because these B vitamins don't have enough niacin in them because there's negatives if you take high-dose niacin, so they try to be conservative. And so you need a B complex, you need niacin. I think these are the two main supplements for mitochondrial complex. Again, all the B vitamins are very important for mitochondrial function. My favorite mitochondrial herbal supplements are Dynostema, Eleuthero, and Schizendro. Another important thing for the mitochondria is reactive oxygen species. So your body uses these reactive oxygen species to kill off infections. Now, you want there to be a balance. If you have two high levels of these reactive ox- oxygen species, also known as oxidative stress in general, then it can actually weaken your mitochondria. So really what you wanna do is, you wanna have very strong mitochondria so that if you have some oxidative stress, you'll be able to combat it. It's, it's not gonna make a big difference. On the other hand you also want to increase oxidative stress and you do that with things like exercise with things like sun with things like it's mainly exercise and sun to be honest those are the two big biggest increasers of oxidative stress in the body <clears throat> you could also do breathing exercises as well and but sun for example will give you a very strong burst of nitric oxide and Same with exercise, and so these are two of the main ways to increase the level of oxidative stress. Yet on the other hand, you want to have very good mitochondria, and then you don't wanna have too much of this oxidative stress, which is why there's a curve, a U-shaped curve, whereas a certain amount of exercise is great. If you have too much exercise, then you're gonna need to take more antioxidants to make sure that's not out of balance. Again, when you have too much exercise, that can weaken the body, weaken the immune system, it could, by causing inflammation, by causing oxidative stress. But if your mitochondria are good enough, they could often handle this uh, extra load on the body. Now, there are some supplements that you can also use to increase nitric oxide that could be good for immunity. Those are things like L-arginine and citrulline. Those are the two main ways. So the, 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 there's, these are amino acids, essentially, that you can take and they can increase nitric oxide. And your body's gonna use that to create nitric oxide, especially when you get sun or when you exercise. And if you want to prevent an infection, riboflavin plus sun together have this synergistic effect in killing infections in the body. And so that's just taking a B-complex is gonna give you enough riboflavin. And if you get enough sun, then that should work pretty well. Another aspect of the immune system is surface barriers. So you have things like the skin, the stomach lining, the mucous membranes, and these are the first response to preventing an infection. You also have something called the extracellular matrix, which is this matrix in different parts of the body that your body makes in order to create some kind of buffer for whatever reason, right? They're in the joints, they're in the tendons, uh, they're in the gut, they're in the lungs. Your body uses this ex- extra matrix as a a sort of barrier, and if this extracellular matrix or this mucus lining or the gut lining or some kind of surface barrier is not working well, that's the first problem to get an infection. For example, if you have a cut, it's very easy to get an infection in that area because you have an open wound. That's a very simple example, and so that's why you always wanna make sure you sterilize that area, you close it off with a Band-Aid or whatever it is, because you don't want, if if it's exposed to an infection, it's susceptible. Same thing, if you have a leaky gut, then your gut is going to, you're going to be much more susceptible to an infection. And so people who have leaky guts and they're much more susceptible to infections and it could be any kind of surface barrier. Now, sometimes you might not even realize that there's an issue you might not have certain extracellular matrix in your lungs, for example, and maybe when you're breathing in a certain infection, it's able to get in much more easily. But essentially, that there's, the physical barrier is an important part of preventing an infection. In this sense, things like collagen are very important because they contain glycine and proline and vitamin C, and these things are very important to build the extracellular matrix. They build the mucosal lining They're for gut health. They improve wound healing. They reduce inflammation. Then you can take supplements to increase collagen synthesis. One of them is collagen itself. So collagen, when you consume it, doesn't directly just feed into collagen in the body. It breaks it down first. It breaks down all the components. But because you're consuming collagen, which is all the components that was needed to build it, it has those raw ingredients. Now, there's other ingredients that you could take as well. Uh, for example, you could take glycine and proline, which are some of the main components. You could take D vitamins, vitamin C. And then there's certain things like MSM and alpha ketoglut which can also increase collagen synthesis. And MSM is sulfur, and so sulfur is one of the things that can drive collagen synthesis. And I found that out of all of those actually, Collagen was not the thing that was best for my extracellular matrix. To be honest, I was missing sulfur. I don't quite understand exactly why, but it's clear to me that when I stress my body, basically by working out a lot, your body needs methyl groups and sulfur for a bunch of different things. When you stress your body, you need more of them. So for example, if you exercise a lot, you're stressing the methyl needs and the sulfur needs of your body. If you get an infection, you're stressing those sulfur and methyl needs in the body. And so there's a bunch of things that could stress that system. But basically, anytime you push your body to a limit, you're, you need more of those sulfur and methyl groups. It could be psychological stress as well. And so I'm somebody who always likes to push limits. I, if I go, if I'm doing something in exercise, I like to go hard. If I'm doing acro yoga, I do, I'll do three hours acro, another half hour of biking. Like I, I push hard. So for me, I needed a lot of these extra methyl and sulfur groups. And so I was taking care of the methyl groups, but I wasn't taking care of the sulfur groups. And because I thought, okay, I I was taking a little bit of uh, NAC, which has that sulfur, that cysteine, and I was eating a lot of protein. So theoretically I should get enough sulfur, but for some reason I need a lot of sulfur. And taking MSM, I take seven grams a day, which is quite a lot, but I basically do it according to the pain that I experience. So. When I was working out a lot, and I, I still do exercise a lot, basically like my recovery would be much more poor, And I, I wasn't understanding why until I realized that I needed, the missing key was the sulfur. So I knew I was missing collagen. And so what I did was everything that increased collagen. I tried collagen supplements. I'm talking about 120 grams a day, crazy amounts of collagen. I tried everything that increased collagen su- supplements. I tried everything that increased collagen synthesis. And for many people it could just be taking collagen or glycine or whatever it is. But for me, it turned out that actually what I was missing was sulfur for some reason. And that was the rate limiting factor for me for collagen synthesis. And when I did that, I noticed my food sensitivities went down. My immune system got a lot better. I recovered way quicker. Just everything got a lot better. And basically if I have any kind of slight pain in my heel which is really a symptom for me of not having enough sulfur, not having enough collagen and wound healing and sulfur. It means that I need more sulfur. And so that's how I titrated the 7 grams. When I was taking about 3 grams, it solved 80% of the problem. And then at 6 grams, it solved 98% of the problem. But then at 7 grams, it just completely solved the problem. And that's how I felt my Ideal dosage. And that's assuming that I'm exercising a lot. So that's not always the case. If you're not exercising a lot, then you don't need as much sulfur or methyl groups. But for me, I did. So, how do you know if you need collagen synthesis? One is having a lot of food sensitivity. So, if your body is not producing enough of that extracellular matrix, you could feel like you have a leaky gut, meaning you could eat something and get a reaction to it. Why are you getting a reaction? Because your gut has never closed tightly enough. And so for me, not having enough of that collagen synthesis, I had food sensitivities for many reasons. I got rid of them one by one. And I think the, one of the last things in the equation was just getting enough collagen to build that extracellular matrix. And so number one is if you have a leaky gut or if you have a lot of food sensitivities, it's likely that you're lower on collagen. Number two is if you don't quickly recover. So this extracellular matrix is also important for muscles and recovery. And so it's also in your muscles by the way. And so it's important for recovery. It's also important for the tendons and joints. And so you have in your tendons, it's 90% is the collagen type one. And so your tendons are very uh, in need of collagen. And if you find that you're getting injured a lot, it's probably because you need to improve your collagen synthesis. In Self-Decode, you could look at certain reports that are related to certain amino acids like glycine, like proline, and those could be interesting in checking if you have low levels of those amino acids. Do you want to hear about the one health hack that is sure to change your life? Okay, here it is. Subscribing to this podcast. 67% of listeners aren't following the show, so please don't forget to show your support by hitting the follow button now. You'll not only be supporting the show, but also investing in yourself and your health journey all while helping to keep us ad-free. So inflammation can be important for killing pathogens, but if you have a lot of random inflammation, for example, from eating foods, your immune system is targeted in the wrong direction. If you're having inflammation or pain or gut inflammation or wherever that inflammation is, it means that your immune system is being used for some other purpose that's not fighting an infection. you, there's a finite resource. It's not like you just have unlimited immune resources. If if it's going to a certain area to t- attacking your own body, it's going to less be used in other directions. So there's a very good example. Somebody was telling me that they never get sick. They have a very strong immune system. They don't have any food sensitivities. And then they said, yeah, my brother, they actually have a lot of food sensitivities and he actually gets sick a lot more than me. Why is that? Because... First of all, probably the the, uh, gut barrier is not as strong. And number two, they're using those resources when they get some inflammation from food in non-productive ways. And so it's very important that you dampen inflammation in other ways so that you can save those immune resources for fighting infections. And in this way, certain anti-inflammatories, certain herbals can actually be good by lowering inflammation chronically. They can then help save those resources for when you need them. There are certain genes that you could look at, like IL-6, SH2B3, TLR4, and TNF, and they could tell you if you are more likely to do well with some of these anti-inflammatories. We, in the immune function report, we have various genes attached to different recommendations so you can see which ones are coming up for you. So what are the top supplements to help prevent and fight illness? That depends on the illness, but main ones include zinc. sometimes it could be copper it depends on the infection but usually, what i've noticed in my blood tests and, and the research also shows us is that zinc can go down during infection, and by taking extra zinc, you can help fight off infection. Zinc itself and copper are antimicrobials, so they sometimes can be used even directly, or they're also just important for the immune system. Zinc, I would say is definitely very important, and there's Some good studies showing zinc could be helpful for immunity. Vitamin A and vitamin D, the immune system uses a lot of these uh, fat-soluble vitamins when you are sick. So I noticed that my fat-soluble vitamins do go down. That includes A, D, and K. Less so vitamin E, but could just be also related to the infection. The main one is vitamin D. So that's the most common one. What I'd like to say is that every infection is different. Because I check my blood so often, I get to see which infections are decreasing different nutrients. And so vitamin D is most often decreased, but sometimes vitamin A is decreased, I would say, more often than not. And then same with vitamin K. All the B vitamins usually go down and methyl groups also get lower. Things like homocysteine go up when you get sick. And so making sure you have enough of these vitamins is important for improving the immune system. So we have different kinds of categories. And again, this is relatively simplistic way of putting this, but this is these are the, the categories that I've found effective for me. And just based on the research, you have some anti, anti-inflammatories, you have antimicrobials. A lot of herbal stuff are directly antimicrobial and some nutrients, even something like vitamin D. it produces some molecules that are actually directly fight infections. And zinc and copper are directly antimicrobial, whereas if you have things like B vitamins, they actually help with the immune system. And through the mitochondria, you have certain immune stimulants. So certain herbs can stimulate the immune system. And exactly how they do it is complex, but we know that they can stimulate the immune system in different ways. And then you have things that increase nitric oxide, You have things that are increased glutathione, and glutathione seems to be very important for the immune system by regulating the oxidative stress balance in the body. And there seems to be also some direct effects that it can improve immunity, and then also stimulating the mitochondria. Then there's some immune cell stimulants, and this is through the mitochondria like shilajit and niacin. And then you have things like MSM, which is through sulfur, it seems like the, the immune system needs a lot of sulfur for whatever reason. And when you're exercising too much, you, you lower your sulfur too much, then your immune system doesn't have enough, and that can create a breakdown over time. Then there's certain more direct immune stimulants that we know that when you take these things or when they give them to animals, the various types of immune cells go up, whether it's that for killer cells, DD8 cells, there's a whole bunch of immune cells, and so things like astragalus, stemma, beta glucans are all jelly, ginger, and then certain organs like thymus or spleen. These can stimulate the immune system. Then you have stuff like, then you have certain multifunctional things that that were discussed, like vitamin D. It can stimulate the immune system. It can increase antimicrobial peptides, and your body, your immune system needs it when it's fighting infection. It uses up a lot more of vitamin D. And then the B vitamins, they increase, which can stimulate the mitochondria. It aids in methylation as well. And like I said, the B vitamins get depleted when you're sick. Something like zinc stimulates immune function directly. It helps with natural killer cells, lymphocyte production, and neutrophils. If you're taking zinc, you also want to take more copper. So it, the ratio is usually 15 milligrams zinc to 1 mg copper. Then there's the amino acids. So the amino acids are more like the Building blocks of the immune system. They're the building blocks of everything. But basically, when your body produces any protein, you need these amino acids. And so these are essential amino acids. Uh, And then there's some non essential that you need when the body is in high demand for them. And so there's a lot of amino acids that the immune system needs. Some of them include L arginine, glutamine, glycine, leucine. But there's a variety of amino acids that essentially are important for the immune system. So if you're Protein in the body is on the earth. So if your protein in the body is on the lower end, then you, and you can check this in the blood, total protein. You could also do an amino acid profile, which I used. And then you could look at which amino acids are low, and most amino acids are used in the immune system in some way or another. Then there's supplements like lactoferrin, which can bind to iron. And iron is one of the main things. Every time I've taken a blood test when my body was fighting infection, Iron was low. So that is the base, that is the best measure for telling that if you're sick. The single best measure. Meaning your iron should be normal, especially if you're ferritin. If you're not anemic, your iron should be within a range. Every time I knew my body was fighting an infection and I tested, I did a blood test. I don't always do a blood test when I think my body's fighting infection. But every time I did, I always noticed that iron was low. And the reason is because your body tries to hide iron when fighting infection, because certain infections need iron to replicate. And so taking something like lactoferrin, which can bind to iron, can uh, help stop that replication process. Then you have things like probiotics. Probiotics can help with the gut immunity. They can help with the gut barrier. They have some anti-inflammatory effects. They can have some antimicrobial effects. They help with the barrier. They can help stimulate the immune system directly as well. So it depends on the probiotic. There's a whole host of probiotics that are very good for immunity. Now, the things that I've been telling you mainly involve around preventing an infection, or if you have the infection, then it won't affect you as much, but there's certain things that are much more strongly focused on killing the microbials, the the microbes that are in your body. Again, so there's two things that you can do with the immune system. One is more preventative. One is more fighting an illness. In terms of prevention is the best strategy when it comes to immunity. If you already are too late in the stage for having an infection, it's usually a little more problematic. It's like you wanna prepare your body so that it's ready. It's already, it has all the energy it needs. It's got all the, it's not being diverted into useless things like local infection, having your body fight against your own self. And things like taking immune stimulants, they could also be good, meaning if you can catch it early enough, you can stimulate the immune system strongly enough that could make the infection hit less hard, essentially. In conclusion, you could check out the immune function report that we have in Self-Decode. It gives you many recommendations, hundreds. We yeah, have many recommendations. In conclusion... If you want to check out how to improve your immune system, the Self-Decode Report has 144. The Self-Decode Report has 144 recommendations that can help tell you what, is, what you need in order to boost your immune system and help fight off infections. And it'll, it'll also give you certain genetic variants that make certain recommendations make more sense. And it could also look at things in terms of a bigger picture to see whether a supplement is right for you. So I highly recommend you checking that out. of listeners aren't following the show, so please don't forget to show your support by hitting the follow button now. You'll not only be supporting the show, but also investing in yourself and your health journey, all while helping to keep us ad-free.